And welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast, episode number 27, coming at you with a little week seven action. My name's Chad Scott. With me as always, my buddy Rich Rebar. Rich, what's happening, man? Chad, it's hard to believe it's week seven already. Uh, this off, yeah, I mean, yeah, you think of your fantasy regular season, like this is the beyond halfway point. So, I mean... You've had some teams probably not do good or do well. We know what we've got. Still injuries are happening every week, and this has been a unique season on that front as well as, as far as move, games moving around as well. Just a lot of missed time for a lot of key pieces. Um, but we are in technically the middle of the season. We know kind of what all these teams are from an offensive and defensive stance, what we've got in a lot of players. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're right in the heart of the season right now and hopefully looking to make a move to position ourselves to, one, make the playoffs and kind of crush it in the playoffs and, and bring home yep. some COVID championships. Hey, hey, COVID <laughs> championships. Yeah, man, you just got to just gotta make the playoffs this year, and then you just, you just <laughs> never know. Just like every year. I mean, that's just how it is every year. Uh, before we get started, though, it's a good time to tell everyone that sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. You can choose from season-long, four-week, or weekly packages that best suit your needs. Use code SHARP25 for 25% off the product site-wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. We are giving out uh, 25% discounts right now, Rich. That is up from 20% last week. So uh, what's everybody waiting for, man? What, what, why should people go get their 25% off right now? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm there doing work. So, so, I mean, the work, work mean, sheet is there. And uh, the worksheet uh, is, is, as the season goes on, the worksheet gets larger. And I found myself, too, even with two teams being on bio, it's like, oh, this is taking me longer to do again still. But for, as we get more information, I put more information in there. So it just continues to kind of grow. And there's a lot of things to say and a lot of uh, added information because it's all completely evidence-based approach uh, to add in there and kind of, you know, uh, fluff out that uh you know information and pad things out kind of what we're thinking about these players and uh the matchups and then obviously you know i tweeted a couple things in like the heat map tool that's available to everybody so Very you, check cool. out. you do, do a lot of stuff with the matchups there and kind of kind of kind of see if you can find some under the radar you know dfs plays or maybe a guy you know you need to pick up for your season long lineups uh and then we've got all the dfs content and then plus every sunday you can hang out with me you know before the games uh yeah. and ask me questions always a run plus. through run through DFS lineups, kind of just hang out and uh, walk through kind of the, the week that is in uh, fantasy football land. Yeah, man. Uh, you still haven't asked me to be a part of that Sunday, but you know, that's cool, man. I guess, I guess Thursdays is, or no Wednesday nights are, are just you and me, but I'll take it. I'll take it. There's not a whole lot of news and notes to get into for this week, but um, there are a couple of things. And first I want to start off with something that was, I think it was kind of surprising to a lot of people. And obviously uh, to the quarterback himself, Fitzmagic benched for, and it's now two at time. So uh, I think this kind of came as a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Fitzmagic has been playing really well, I feel like. Um, and, and just kind of being the leader of that team, uh, such a young team. Um, and now they, they turn to Tua, their first round pick. What is this going to do for like their team, their offense, you know, um he's been he's been uh pretty vocal already saying like how disappointed he was and he was basically heartbroken that this happened um and you know he's he's always kind of towed the line in, in years past but this year seemed a little different for him and he's playing a really at a high level um 
So what does this do to the offense? Because I kind of feel like, you know, these these YOLO balls that, that Fitzmagic uh, throws up to his receivers, um, you know, you always have those 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 huge games that receivers could have. Are we going to have that same sort of uh, ceiling uh, with Tua at, at the helm? Yeah, I mean, it's understandable to see why he's disappointed. One, because he was playing so great and, you know, uh, they, come off, they came off of two yeah. wins in a row. And then also because best season, man. And and also because, you know, he probably has to think on some level, like, was that it? Was that the last game he'll ever start Uh, on some level? Like, it has to be, you know, crossing his mind. Uh, I doubt it is. Uh, You know, if he wants to keep playing, I'm sure he can get another opportunity. I do not think he'll be traded. Um, I don't see any reason why the Dolphins would want to do that either. I think they would want to keep him around with a guy like Tua. But uh, it's this is a situation where it's just you always bet on this happening. I mean, it's just the new NFL. I mean, since 2008, we've had – Coming into this year, 35 quarterbacks selected in the first round. 16 of them started immediately week, week one. We had Joe Burrow kind of extend that. 24 of those 35 quarterbacks uh, started before week four in the season. Uh, and, you know, we had Herbert join that group. And then now we're going to get, you know, after week six, you know, uh, Tua. Um, and then when you look at, you know, teams kind of uh, – you know, in top 10, those guys just play. So it was always just a, a bet to take. We've seen it it, it. it got there in weird ways this year with Tyrod, the lung thing, and, uh, you know, with Fitzpatrick playing well and getting benched. But it's just one of these things. Rookie quarterbacks play. They want to get these guys on the field. And it's hard to say because as good as the Dolphins are playing and as, as positive it's been, like they're not a legit contender. Like they right. are in a position to where they need to if two is healthy enough to play, they, they should go to him. I mean, it's, I don't want them to Fitzpatrick to be kind of like a sacrificial lamb in the process, but as an organizational stance, they should be going to Tua. Now for a fantasy stance, which is kind of just why we're here. It's concerning. Tua is a great prospect. He was 99th. He's 99th percentile of all quarterbacks since 2002 drafted uh, in yards for pass attempt and touchdown to interception ratio. He's 96 percentile completion rate. If he was fully healthy, I think he objectively would have been the best quarterback prospect in this class. Uh, just, you know, he would have, you know, he's younger than Joe Burrow, had a larger sample of starts. Uh, just, you know, the injuries kind of pushed him down a little bit. Now there's a shuffle up because, you know, Herbert's played so well. Uh, Burrow, I don't think, has disappointed us on any level, especially when you consider the offensive line he's had to work behind. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, from a fantasy stance, the pass catchers, like you said, I mean, if Fitzpatrick is like a legit fantasy war rig, the way he plays. Look at any stop he's been at. He's made – he's, he's t- carried production to his pass catchers everywhere. And the style that he plays with, the way he throws the ball into tight windows and takes and chances. Runs. And runs. And, and is mobile. It, but it, he's conducive to the way Devontae Parker wins. He's conducive yeah. to the way Mike Gusecki wins. Like though, so now we've got like an in rhythm quarterback, uh, you know, behind a, a an offensive line that isn't good. We don't we see you know two is a two has mobility and he can freelance himself. We just have to see how it plays out. But uh, I would be concerned on some level uh, if I had Parker and you know Parker's already picked up his like third injury of the year going into the yeah. bye, um, and then Gasecki's been just so boomer bust and so volatile. Losing a, a guy that his the was his style of quarterbacking extenuates the, what those players do best. I think there is a little bit of concern, uh, but to see, you know, kind of the transition to Tua and how smoothly it'll go from a fantasy stance. Um, so kind of earmark that, uh, you know, kind of see as it goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is something I think we all thought was going to happen. The timing is just a little bit off. Yeah. You know, it's almost like um, Ryan Fitzpatrick played too well for them to like to to make this decision because 
I mean, you know, they're sitting at three and three, they're second in their division. Um, they kind of, they, they knew they weren't a contender, but like, you know, they also want, I think they also want one of those higher draft picks. And I mean, Fitzmagic is just playing out of his mind. So it was a very odd call and I, I feel bad for him. Hopefully this isn't like his, his, his swan song into uh, retirement, but uh we we shall see. I mean, we I think we all kind of pull for Tua, for Tua as well because uh, he he could be an exciting quarterback. So it should be. I mean, it should still be a pretty fun offense as long as uh, he plays like the other two rookie quarterbacks have played so far this year. Um, the only other bit of news is um, I think I'm hoping uh, maybe Ceh owners can maybe back off from the ledge a little bit after his performance on Monday night. I know Le'Veon Bell's coming in, but. Uh, that looked like it motivated him a little bit. And he went 26 uh, for 161, also added four catches for just eight yards. But he had a uh, touchdown called back on a kind of a cheap holding play. Um, and then Kelsey obviously vultured it. But uh, are, are, where do you see CH long-term? I mean, is he still – not long-term, but in the short term, is he still like a top 12 back in, in, in your mind? I still feel similarly to where we left off last week. Uh, you know, I still think that okay. Le'Veon Bell is going to eventually play – uh, the role that Daryl Williams played and some kind of extension on that possibly growing, uh, you know, where Daryl Williams was playing in, in all passing situations uh, and then potentially at the goal line. I mean, even Edward Slayer's callback touchdown was still a play that didn't invoke a lot of promise of them getting to the one yard line and giving him a carry, you know, it was a speed option yeah. uh, again. So they, they were giving him creative touches, even when he gets red zone touches. So I still think that that's still a potential bugaboo. Uh, he looked fantastic. Though. I mean, I, we were kind of in between. I thought there was a never a run for the Hills moment. I just think he's still going to be kind of a, an RB two in the question of, will he be not involved when the, the, the random moments when the chiefs aren't in, positive game script which won't be often and then if he's going to get you know touchdowns i still think he's going to be an rb2 based and he's going to go as the touchdowns go basically um but i mean teams you've seen are how they're approaching the chiefs this year they want no part of blitzing mahomes except for the ravens the ravens are the only team that said we're going to just come out and blitz you and they got absolutely roasted worked well yeah (laughs) it did not go well uh but you see these teams because the bills came into that Monday game, which was supposed to be a Thursday game. And the Bills came into that game third in the league in blitz rate in the NFL. And they just dropped everyone back and said, we'll live with, you know, you running for 100, 180 yards, 200 yards on us, no. as long as we can be in the game. And they had the ball and at were, the end of the game yeah. with a chance to tie or win, or win the game. Um, and they remember after the game, Sean McDermott, like people asked him about that. And like they, people were trying to give him shade. That was like a poor approach. And he's like, listen, we had a shot with the ball to win the game against the Kansas city chiefs. Like my, that's, we came out and did that. We we'd rather not be getting 40 points scored us over with balls thrown over top of our heads, the Tyree kill and all these receivers. Uh, and we've seen multiple teams come out and play that way against the chiefs so far this year. Houston did it in week one, the chargers have always done that because they're just a zone based team with Gus Bradley, uh, who you're familiar with, uh, in your neck of the woods. Um, and then we've seen the Raiders come out and do it. And then the bills did last week. So that's kind of been the game plan. And if that's going to be the game plan for these teams, that, that does aid a guy like Clyde Ritzler on these early downs, because he's going to get light boxes, uh, and he's going to get a chance to take advantage of them so i mean i still think he's gonna be more of a of a of a rushing based rb2 uh still gonna be looking for the touchdowns uh for him um but i mean we kind of talked about it last week i don't think this was a a death nail to his fantasy value at all um where it wasn't like we were gonna have to run away and hide it was just kind of be one of those things like it 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 was definitely gonna cap the the ceiling of him being where you drafted him 
Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate he ran so well on Monday because I feel like there was a really quick little buying moment that you had um, mm-hmm. in Dynasty for for Hilaire, and now I got offered some real bad Clyderitz Hilaire trades uh, last week. <laughs> I think yeah, everybody's obvious gonna try to capitalize on that but uh <laughs> hopefully hopefully you didn't trade him for uh for, oh, for no. peanuts all right man let's let's play a little game of this or that huh you can get with this or you can get with that you can get with this or you can get with that you can get with this or you can get with that All right. Now, we didn't go over this before the show because, um, you know, I've been testing for COVID and things are just kind of out of control of my life right now. But I wrote down some interesting this or that's for rest of season that I want to uh, pick your we brain about. Rich. You. So, yeah, we appreciate me. Thank you. I, I appreciate me, too. Um, <laughs> let's do uh, and these, these they aren't really close, but I almost feel like they should be Antonio Gibson versus DeAndre Swift. For this week or rest of the season? No, this is all rest of the season here. Oh, all rest of the season? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to have to say DeAndre Swift just because, uh, you know, the, the draft capital, the draft pedigree, uh, the, the belief of talent uh, in DeAndre uh-huh. Swift. Uh, I am still not discouraged by anything I've seen from Antonio Gibson. I'm actually encouraged that he's handled so much, so much of a natural running back role. I think that was the question of him coming in this year was how much of a natural running back position would he play? And it's actually been inverse. He's not getting the third down work or the pass game work. Um, but I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift's on a little better offense and not even a little bit better offense. He's on a lot better offense. Uh, we still need Adrian <laughs> Peterson to go away uh, for sure. Cause even last week, Adrian Peterson played 35% of snaps, which was his third highest rate of the season. But we saw him come out of the bye, DeAndre Swift that is, and he had 12 rushing attempts through four games. He had 14 carries last week. And it was a, it was a positive game script game. It was against the Jaguars, but uh, inherently that organization had to have some kind of internal dialogue and said like, what the hell are we doing here? Uh, like we're, Ooh, like we drafted yeah. this kid in the second round. Hey, Matt, you're going to be out of a job probably at the end of the year. Like we should probably start playing this guy. We talked um, about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and exactly. they did do that. So it's encouraging. But uh, I feel like just his dual usage and the and just accept like the pedigree. Because he is one of these guys that is an all-around back. He's been used a little funky so far. But yeah. uh, there's a reason he went at, at, at where he did in the draft. Uh, because he is a guy that catches yeah. ball in the backfield. He can be a workhorse. Uh, running back we just need the ghost of adrian peterson to kind of concede more ground yeah same amount of carries last week uh swift i think outgained him by almost 100 yards i think it was so um obviously hopefully we see more of that uh let's get into the wide receivers here this is kind of something that you wouldn't even thought i think before the season uh putting these two against each other but i'm gonna do it Diggs versus godwin Oh, that's tough. Uh, I mean, it's interesting <laughs> because I mean, here we here's because here we are. Um, oh, for us, I was almost. I have to say, like, Rich, stance. Rich has no idea. Rich has no idea, like, who these people I'm picking are. This is not. No, but sheet, um, so. I was thinking. You know what? I I had Dynasty on my mind for a second because we were talking about Swift and Gibson, uh, and I was and I was thinking about just the age difference uh, between these guys for <laughs> Dynasty stance. But uh, for rest of the season, I don't think it's even close. I think it's Diggs. Uh, I'm sorry for for a 2020 stance. It's it's got to be Diggs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look at look. So look at the start of Diggs' season. One, he's got double digit PPR points at every game so far this season. You look at his usage. He's getting red zone looks. He's getting deep target looks. He's being used as a fully functional all asset wide receiver one. Whereas you look at Chris Godwin now in this offense, and granted he has missed three games, 
but his a dot two yards lower than what it was last year mm. two uh targets minus two per game where it was last year yards per reception minus 3.6 yards yards mm. per receiving per game so far minus 32 yards where it was off. This is a different Bucks offense than it was last year. And I think a lot of us knew that. And, and maybe there's still a period here where it does, you know, kind of tilt where they grow and it, it turns into something electric. But Tom Brady is going to get the ball to whoever the hell he wants. It's not just Jameis Winston jamming the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That is not the Tampa Bay offense this year. Uh, and they're running the ball better than they than they did a year ago. Mm. So I think when you look at Godwin, and I ran a lot of polls on Twitter about Chris Godwin, because I'm going to have more takes on this as we go, uh, to kind of see where his value is. Because I think a lot of people are pigeonholing Godwin as a buy low. And I actually think you can use him, the, the perception of him as a buy low to get out because I don't mm. think he's a wide receiver one. If fantasy pros, he is, a, he is the wide receiver 10 ranked rest of the season. Yeah. I think that that yeah. is very lofty. I think that that is very hard. I'm not down on, I'm not down on Godwin that says you have to sell him. I just believe that he's going to be more of a Robert Woodsian entity, uh, so to speak, uh, like a, mm. a, a mid wide receiver two. Um, he's, I mean, it's hard to find these games. Where are we going to get to the 12 and 14 targets per game? And like I said, look at his usage. He's getting used uh, short of the line of scrimmage and he's getting fewer targets per game. So, I mean, I just don't even think for the rest of the season, this one's even in the ballpark for me. Mm. Uh, I ran some polls. Uh, I ran first against DJ Moore and rest of the season. Godwin smoked DJ Moore. It was like 74 to 26. Uh, then I ran in a poll against Will Fuller and Godwin edged Will Fuller. And then I ran a poll against Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson smoked Godwin. So you kind of see yeah. that people are treating him as the cutoff as like a low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two is where perception is to buy. I personally would sell Godwin for DJ Moore and another piece, which looks like the public mm. would let you have um, yeah. just because DJ Moore's usage is so much higher. And I understand DJ Moore has been a little volatile as well, uh, but you're talking about getting two players and a two for one. I think that that is the type of two for one I would look to do. And then if you definitely uh, can flip him for Will Fuller, I think I would, I would do that in a heartbeat uh, where, you know, the kind of the bet poll was more 50, 50 base, but for the rest of the season between him and Stefan Diggs, I mean, I would much rather have Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Stefan Diggs is looking like a uh, league winner in like round six, seven, where you could have got him before the season started right now. So cheers to those who ever uh, drafted him and ignored what most people said on Twitter about also, Josh Allen. Also, well, not even Josh Allen. This is the year of wide receiver changing team narrative kind of like claims. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is on a roll. Stephon Diggs, Robbie Anderson is just destroying. Uh, We've seen these guys go to not only new environments and have to develop new rapport in this offseason, this COVID offseason. Remember DeAndre Hopkins like hardly even practiced uh, during the preseason, uh, even when they had training camps. He was trying to get that contract reworked. Um, And not only have they been limited in like building rapport, we're seeing their new teams actually use them in completely different fashions than they had been used to this point in their careers. Uh, especially yeah. when you look at Robbie Anderson, Stephon Diggs, like I said, is Diggs has always kind of moved around. Remember, he started out as kind of a slot receiver. Then he switched to like a, a vertical receiver, a steal and went inside. Uh, then last year, he was just just a deep threat. You know, he was the guy, he went over a thousand yards and under a hundred targets last year. Um, and then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, they're just lining up in three by one sets and Hopkins on the ISO side. And if he has man-to-man coverage, he's getting the ball. 
That's like no. every Arizona passing play uh, right now this season. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been tough for the fade wide receiver changing team crowd because uh, there's been a lot of excellent plays from guys that have uh, changed teams. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's get into another one that involves uh, Tampa Bay Bucks wide receiver in Mike Evans versus a rookie in Justin Jefferson rest of season. Oh, wow. This one is really tough. Uh, I try to pick some good ones, man. Oh, this is a good one because we t- we had Mike Evans on the this or that a couple weeks ago versus Kenny Galladay rest of the season. And we both took Galladay. And I think that the perception of Evans now is yep. starting to catch up to where we saw that usage. Plus, he's been playing really banged up. Uh, you know, he's missing midweek practices yep. pretty regularly. He started the year with a hamstring injury. Now he's an ankle injury, not fully healthy. Uh, he has just 10 targets in three games played with Chris Godwin for 14 yards. Uh, not great. <laughs> not, not really what you want from that usage. Uh, mm. Justin Jefferson has been had a little bit of inconsistent volume. Um, definitely is offering a lot of upside. I still think you you can you if you're in a league you can get Jefferson plus right or no? Do you think you can or no? Uh, for like if you were if I'm to, offering if you're Evans, Mike Evans owner. You think that's where people perception still is? I, mean, I feel like the, I feel like Evans is losing a lot though in the crowd of public eye, whereas you know definitely people are still more on the positive end of Godwin. I feel like more people are pessimistic on Evans at this point. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're trying to sell Evans, like I don't know if the Jefferson owner would trade him. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I mean, can you? Because if I if if I have Evans and you have Jefferson, and I believe that Jefferson's better as the season. Can I get Jefferson plus? Probably mm, not, right? Doubt it, man. Yeah, see? Right, yeah, no. So, yeah, whereas I think that, like, we talked about, like, with Godwin and, like, DJ Moore, I think you can take Godwin to the DJ Moore owner and say, hey, I want DJ Moore yeah. for my Chris Godwin plus whatever, you know, tertiary running back or something on top of it. Uh, I think you can do that yeah. and get that trade, whereas I don't think yeah. you get this, this trade. Um, I think I would still – Ah, man, it's up. Just to give you an answer, I think I would still side to Evans a little bit. Um, just because we're talking about how many guys is Kirk Cousins going to support per week. I think there's definitely going to be some volatility there. Not that I don't believe there's volatility with Evans that we've already seen. Um, but I, we know that he's a red zone threat with Brady. It's a very good question. Um, I feel like I might be on the wrong end of that one. Yeah, I mean – I feel like it's a lot of recency bias, but um, just for how they're doing in their offenses and the this just the ceilings at this point. Um, I think Jefferson is currently the wide receiver five or four on the season. Thielen's like the number three or four wide mm-hmm. receiver on the, on the season. I mean, Minnesota is going to have to throw the ball all year, and I don't see Tampa Bay having to do that a whole lot. Yeah. So, I mean, this year, I, I think I'd, I'd go with the ceiling and Jefferson. Um, but it's really it's a it's a hard it's a hard pill to take because I mean you drafted you drafted Mike Evans in the second round and Justin Jefferson was uh, was somebody who was probably dropped after week one or two uh, that you picked up off the waiver wire. So um, it's, it it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, you're talking about three hundred yard games this last four, averaging yeah. nineteen yards per catch, <sighs> and he's, ca- he's and and, and, and he's not dirty. only. And he's catching. He's caught seventy eight percent of his targets. It's not like he's this guy getting like a bunch of long balls. And he's connected. Like he's been efficient too. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know. You might he's, sway. He's, I think he's, you think he's, me. he's pretty dirty, man. He's pretty dirty. 
All right, let's move into tight ends. Uh, I think we had this one um, before the season, and I just want to throw it out again in Hawkinson versus Fant. I don't, Fant, I don't know if he's going to play this week. I know he was limited today. Um, he's been a little banged up by me. And Hawkinson isn't necessarily getting the targets, but he's getting the touchdowns. Uh, who you got rest of the season? I think I like Fant still a little bit more. Uh, just because the opportunities are there and the yards after the catch. Whereas Hawkinson's been kind of one of these guys, like if he doesn't score a touchdown, I mean, you you look at his yardage and his targets, like they just aren't there. He's 16th among all tight ends and receptions per game. He's 20th in targets per game, but he keeps getting in the end zone, which we do like, especially at tight end. Like that's enough at tight end. Believe me. That's all we want. uh, want. So, I mean, if the targets do start coming, there's definitely probably a a better ceiling, whereas Fant can have some volatility. But Fant was getting in the end zone too himself. Um, It's, 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 I I still would rather have either, either guy. I do still kind of believe I still just do edge to Fant based on the usage we've seen and him, his yards after the catch ability, whereas Hawkinson, we're still kind of trying to find our way with where he is at a receiver. And I think the Lions are still as well. Uh, outside of, you know, inside the 10-yard line, uh, trying to figure out yeah. what they have in him. But Marvin Jones is doing nothing, so you would think that no, some targets no. have to start finding him uh, because they aren't going to Marvin Jones at all. No, no, no. And it's – I think I was definitely on Team Hawkinson before the season. Um, and, I, I I mean, I still really like him as a prospect. Um, let's not forget that this is – I mean, it's both their second years um, going to the league. But, I mean, Fan has just looked – so much better when he's healthy on the field and 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 just the run after catch that Fant can provide is is something that I am totally into. So I'm 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 gonna go with Fant too. How about Albert O man getting his first burn last week and getting four end zone yeah. targets? Decent. Four end zone targets. Not bad. On fifteen bad pass routes. You're in fifteen pass routes, was targeted six times, and had four end zone targets. Man, not bad, man. Not not terrible. Not terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see. So, I mean, hopefully that will kind of stay true as long as, as when Fant gets in and healthy, Drew Locke is targeting him back in the zone as well. Let's get into our starts of the week, Rich. Last week wasn't uh, wasn't terrible. Wasn't wasn't amazing. Typical mixed uh, bag. Yeah, a little mixed bag here. One of these days we're going to go like – we're both going to go three for four on our picks, though, and not like two for four like we have been kind of doing um kirk was a good play wide receiver uh who was your best pick last week uh who did we have last week i can probably tell you i had dalton and he was the worst a possible he was not he was not he was not good Dalton, if you had told me Dalton had 59 Dude. dropbacks, if you just said I'm Dalton's going to have 59 dropbacks and he won't even – and he's going to have 34 completions and isn't even going to throw for 300 yards or throw multiple touchdowns, I would have said no way. Uh, wow. That was a – what a yeah. disaster. And now that team loses Zach Martin in that game too, and he looks like he's – I saw like their starting offensive lineman projected for this week, and it was just like, oh, man, like it's just like a ragtag group. Uh, the, the wheels part, have fallen man. off that offensive line yeah. in a hurry. Um, I had Marvin Jones too, so that was bad. We both we we comboed Irv Smith, who was at least respectable. I think he snuck in as a tight end one. Um, barely, barely. I think he had a touchdown called back though. And I had Gaskin, and I had Gaskin. Uh, yeah. he was fine. He was fine. He was good. He's fine. RB two. He was. I mean, he he's, was solid. He had fine. like he had like ten PPR points in like the first five minutes of that game, and I was like, oh man, yeah. these rock. Here we go. Kind of kind of just slowed down uh, the rest of the way. Kind of faded away. Oh yeah. That's all right though. We'll uh, we'll get it, man. We'll get it. This is the week, man. This is the week that we're gonna do it. 
So let's start. I'm going to start off with quarterback here, Rich, and I'm going to go uh, Joe Burrow, currently QB 16, going against Cleveland. They're at home, uh, 15 and a half points uh, over under. You look at week two, Burrow shredded this defense, uh, went for 316 yards, three passing touchdowns. He did rush seven times, but just 19 yards. Um, I don't think we're going to see 61 attempts again like we did uh, in week two. <laughs> but when you look at Burrow, I mean, they have to pass the ball. Joe Mixon is is hurt. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Um, he's had 300, 300 plus yards in four of his six games played. Cleveland's giving up the ninth most fancy points to quarterbacks. Uh, they've given up three or more touchdowns in three of the six games. Uh, I think this is just a great spot for Joe Burrow again. Um, and I, I could easily say no to 300 three touchdown pass game out of him this week. So uh, I, I like him. Who do, who do you got? And Burrow's run cold in the Dutch touchdown department, which is, which is yeah. uh, bound to regress. Uh, he's had just three touchdown passes uh, the past three weeks after he had five, uh, his opening three games. So we're looking for that, those touchdowns to come back and meet the yardage. He's had, he looked good, especially in the first half of that game last week. And T Higgins looks like he's been a find. They actually got AJ yeah. Green involved. Uh, they kind of found the role for AJ Green. Maybe, yeah. Uh, where he yeah. just, Hey, they, all they did was ask him to run uh, like slants and, and like comebacks. And like hitches, and just like right? shield yeah. defenders yep. to shield defenders yep. with your body, AJ Green. And it was kind yeah. of successful. So maybe they do that with T Higgins, you know, working vertically and then Tyler Boyd in the slot. I'm going to go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he has thrown just six touchdown passes on the season. Uh, He's had multiple scores in just, what, two of his first six games. But his two QB1 scoring games in the season have come in games we would have, like, wanted to circle them as positive matchups. And coming out of the bye, the New Orleans Saints are 31st in passing points allowed per game. Uh, they have allowed over 20 fantasy points to every quarterback they have faced so far this season. Uh, they have allowed three passing touchdowns in each of their past four games. Uh, we know that the Saints will do their part. Uh, they are averaging 31 points per game, so they will force Carolina to remain active and not be just in like a slugfest like they've kind of been in uh, the last couple. And, and you look at the, the the Panthers' last few games, we thought they were a team that was going to always be a negative game script. They play in that just kind of a, you know, garbage bag game with the Bears because that's what the Bears do to everybody. That's Every Bears game is like how it was last week. The week before, they just controlled the game against the Falcons. And then the week before that, they just controlled the game against the Cardinals. Uh, this is a game they're going to have to score points on the road at New Orleans. Um, and that New Orleans defense uh, is still talented, but just hasn't performed uh, so far this season. They've done this before where they start the season slow and get better. But uh, I like Teddy uh, in this game because I still believe that the, he's got positive weaponry. Uh, and I want to see the Saints prove that they're going to come out and play good defense before I just start counting on it. Love it. Uh, the, I think the week I picked Teddy B, he was pretty terrible. So hopefully he bounces. <laughs> hopefully he bounces back for you, man. I actually almost picked Ian Thomas um, because of this matchup. So I didn't, but uh, I do like Teddy B as well. Um, let's move on to running backs. Who do you like this week? I've got a combo. I'm cheating again. No one, these, none of these guys are, are like, for, they're not in the top 24, so we're not cheating. But I want to run these guys as a pair, and it's the Chargers running backs. Mm. Uh, Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly combined. Uh, not not together counting their stats, as in separately, I both think that they're going to be good plays. Uh, prior to the bye, Justin Jackson played the Austin Eckler role. Played 42 snaps to 25 snaps for Josh Kelly at 20 touches for 94 yards. Um, Kelly had just 12 touches. 
so he's, we got Justin Jackson in the Eckler role. Uh, definitely something positive, especially against the Jaguars defense that has allowed backfields now to rack up 201, 122 yards, and 200 yards their past three games. And those teams that they played were the Lions, the Texans, and the Bengals. It's not like they're coming out and giving up all these yards to, uh, you know, the, uh, the top five running backs uh, in our world. Uh, they're, they're not good running backs that the, they're giving up all this production to. It's a bad run defense. And when you look at Josh Kelly, I think a lot of people have jumped ship, but the Josh Kelly role was is just not set up to succeed against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints, the two teams that right. they played, you know, prior to the bye. Uh, those teams are, are first and sixth in yards per carry allowed to opposing backfields. Uh, so he still he just was gonna have a hard time operating in the way he gets touches against those teams. He did come in for the for at the goal line in that Saints game um, and did nothing uh, with his opportunity. But we saw that he still had that role. So it's really nothing changed. It's it's kind of you know Josh Kelly in the Josh Kelly role and Justin Jackson in the Eckler role. And I think that both can be successful in this Jaguars game. I hope it doesn't mean that Herbert doesn't get there. Um, because it's the Chargers just running and running and running and running again. Because Anthony Lynn has shown uh, he is going to come out and run on first down, and he's probably going to come out and run on second, second down. down. <laughs> Hopefully third down. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Herbert's had to bail them out on third downs repeatedly because uh, he's, he's been so good. But uh, I like the Chargers running backs uh, to both have good games this week. I actually almost picked Justin Jackson. I'm glad I didn't. Um, I'm going to go not back to the well here. the top 24 by the industry. Are they? No, they're not, not, right? No, he's not. Yeah. No, neither one. Obviously, yeah. Kelly. Yeah. I think a lot of people have written Kelly off at this point. Yeah, yeah, no. I I, I really like Justin Jackson uh, pick just because I do I, – he has assumed that Eckler role, so I really like that in this week especially. Uh, I'm going to go back to somebody I picked a few weeks ago um, because he's currently the RB40 uh, against Carolina, and that's Latavius Murray. We're looking at a 51 and a half point over over under. They are seven and a half point home favorites right now. Carolina giving up the second most points to fantasy backs. Latavius Murray's had double digit carries uh, in three of his five games. Uh, I think this is a game where you know he's going to get that that 12 to 15 carry role, probably three to four targets, um, and hopefully he can uh, just kind of fall into the end zone on one of those uh, because Carolina defense just loves to give up points to running back. So I shorten the short and sweet version. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Latavius Murray again this week. Nice. You can't ever yes. go wrong with running backs against the Panthers. Right. I mean, that's, it's like Arizona and tight ends for the last five years. Um, you just, yeah, you just go, you just go with it, man. Yeah. I was going to say until this year, um, wide receiver um, might be chasing points here, but I, I don't care. I'm going to go with Tim Patrick. He is like wide receiver 42, I want to say right now at Fantasy Pros. Uh, this is a tough matchup. Um, they're, they're home dogs. They're definitely going to need to pass. K- Kansas City isn't, is actually, has been really good against uh, wide receivers so far. Uh, but when you look at Tim Patrick, the past two games, he has gotten 15 targets. He's had 100 yards in both of those games. Um, Fant, Fant looks like he's probably going to be out uh, this this week. If not, he's going to be limited. And I think what my my favorite part is uh, when you look at Tim Patrick's snaps, he's gotten eighty four percent, seventy six percent last week, ninety two percent of snaps played. Um, Drew Locke obviously looked really rusty last week um, in his in his game back from injury, um, but he's I think he's going to have to feed Tim Patrick this game. 
after I got done kind of picking my wide receiver, I, I, I just kind of went on Twitter to look around and, um, you know, the, the wide receiver guru, Matt Harmon wrote, uh, and this is just a quote from, from, from Matt Harmon, Tim Patrick, uh, is basically playing the exact role we'd have imagined for Cortland Sutton, 20%, 27% of team air yards. That's a team high 18% of target share, 16.6, a dot. And he ran around on 25 of Drew Locke's 26 dropbacks last week. Um, I really like him this, this week. And, uh, you know, I like Patrick Mahomes and I like Tim Patrick. So uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with it. Let's do it. Yeah. I was, like? He was on like the short list of guys uh, to see if you, you would pick. And if you just look at just the last two weeks, I mean, in, in his weighted opportunity, it's been double that of Jerry Judy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's easy. Like you said, I mean, that's that, that quote from Harmon is pretty summed up. He's playing the Cortland Sutton role. Uh, yep. So, I mean, yep. it's pretty, pretty easy. And he dropped um, like two long balls last week. I feel like I, I think that was him that he, I know he dropped at least one of them, um, maybe two, but he could have had an even bigger game. So I like that. Uh, I'm just going to circle back and follow you last week. And uh, I'm going to go at Christian Kirk. Hey. <laughs> he's still ranked outside the uh, lower than wide receiver three this week. Uh, he's kind of, he's had three straight games of double digit PPR points. Now the targets are still not quite where mm. we would love them. He's had, uh, you know, uh, below 16% of the team targets in four was five games played. He's had more than three receptions in a game just once, but we talked about, he has shown some signs of life and he's getting some looks in the end zone as well. And he caught the long ball last week and it's really just, uh, Seattle, man. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. they've allowed double digit points to 12 different wideouts in five games played. They've allowed 11 top 30 scoring wideouts. We know Hopkins mm. is going to get his. X receivers have really been a problem for the Seahawks all year. And but uh, it's a game where I think the you know the ancillary guys are going to be have to be counted on as well. Uh, where Kyler and Russ are hopefully matching each other. Hopefully this game is is as fun as we it yeah. looks on paper, and we get a we get a bunch of fun Russell. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, rivalry games before, you know, R- Russ hangs them up, which is not anytime soon either. Um, so we get a lot of fun little fun, fun games between these quarterbacks. So I'll go at Christian Kirk. My super hot take is in that game. Andy Isabella scores a touchdown too. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a game we could have had last week. If Dak, if Dak Prescott was, was, uh, was not injured. Um, it's unfortunate because that, that Arizona Dallas game could have been really fun. I feel like um, had he played, um it was the opposite go. of fun it was it was pretty it was pretty hard to watch man andy dalton just looks so bad right now um, i mean kyler only completed nine passes in that game too yeah like it wasn't even like they got their points wise uh but they even there like they weren't even super fun either on their side of the ball no. like hopkins only had two catches kyler had the nine completions uh drake was kind of meandering his way through like a solid game but then had the 70 yard touchdown run at the very end yeah uh, yeah and unfortunately, my my guy Chase Edmonds just didn't didn't pay off for me that week, which you know he he should have against that defense, but that's okay, that's okay. Um, let's move on to tight end. Uh, this one was I feel like it was really rough, kind of looking through oh, these. It's every week. It is every week, but I feel like one of us always kind of gets a tight end. Um, we do. Yeah, it, 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 they might not like be the best tight end, but I mean, you know, they get you a tight end one number. And this week, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you, Rich, it's going to be Drew Sample. He's currently the tight end 19 versus Cleveland. Yeah, uh, you know, it's easy. Cleveland. You're, we we talked. I just talked about them a little bit ago with Joe Burrow. Um, they're also giving the seventh, seventh most points up to tight ends. 
Uh, you look at the last game, Cincy tight ends had 11 targets, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Um, CJ Uzama isn't going to be playing. Um, but then when you look at your sample the last four weeks, he's, he's doing what, what you like, like to say. He's, he's been doing a lot of cardio out there. Uh, 89, 89 85, 94, and 75% of the snaps. Um, he hasn't been entirely involved in the passing game. Um, but I think Cleveland, uh, just because they can, they give up points to tight ends, um, and he he's running a lot of routes. Um, he's just not getting the targets. This week he's going to get the targets. Uh, we saw him do it in week two. So Drew Stample, UW, go Huskies. Let's go. Who do you nice. like? Nice. Um, I'm just going to go off the reservation here. Uh, we're going to go uh, tomorrow night, Richard Rogers. Hey, I mean, listen, it's like 2015 here. I love it. Tricky Dick <laughs> has got to be playing here. Uh, no Zacherts. Dallas Goddard are still expected to probably miss at least this week, but I would assume he's going to miss next week too. Um, so we've got Richard Rogers thrust into this Thursday night game mm. against the Giants. Uh, Djax is back to kind of give them one guy. So it's like you're trading Ertz for Djax. Uh, but this is a team that, you know, they want to use their tight ends in the past game. Rodgers has caught nine of 10 targets for 99 yards with God, since Goddard has been sidelined. Uh, so the Giants are, are worse too in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, James Bradbury isn't playing well. They've been really good against boundary receivers. You know, they've been way worse in the slot in the middle of the field. So, I mean, it's really not like a, a lot of, you know, evidence-based play here. But, I mean, when I look down, I, I, I felt like I was cheating if I said fan because I feel like a lot of people don't know if he's going to play it, so he's not ranked really high. So I left him right. on the board. I felt like he was a cheat. 19th um, right now, yeah. Oh, so, I looked at him. I looked at him. Yeah. So uh, I think this, when you look at just guys that could maybe pop, if you're looking for a streamer that isn't owned, uh, you're just trying to get some points, uh, I'm going to say that Richard Rodgers is going to be thrust into uh, having to get some targets in this game tomorrow or tonight or whenever you listen to this. And if you haven't listened <laughs> to this, then you already have seen Richard Rodgers have six catches for 15 yards. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right it's, it's gonna go one or two ways um but I, I i like that call man that's that is ballsy what i really like is like we'll know like right off the bat like you know thursday night game <laughs> boom you know if you put them in like uh, if you do be it based on rich's based on rich's analysis here uh don't don't give us a bad review but uh you know i like it man that's a good one that i think is that that looks like it might be it for the show, dude. It is it. Man, week show. seven, baby. Week seven. Week seven, man. We are halfway there, Rich. Um, again, make sure you are going to whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. You are subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. And as we close it out, I just want to make sure to tell you it's still a good time to tell everybody that sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. You can choose from season-long, four-week, or weekly packages that best suits your needs. Use code SHARP25 for 25% off any product site-wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. What I love about it is, like, you can – yeah, you're like you get 25% off. But I mean, you use you use like the, the 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 betting tools you guys have right now, and you can easily just pay for 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 your subscription like that night if you wanted to, Rich. Yeah, I mean Warren's been hot to start the year. Amazing. Uh, TA's been hot on his stuff. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, if you don't even if you don't care about my stuff, uh, those other guys are doing really good stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. 
you don't care about rich the other people are pretty good too they're, i mean, they're that pretty guy okay, just, I, I, mean I just you. said i just uh, said something about richard rogers so i i, I don't have any credibility <laughs> that's right yeah you're 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 done man you're done Put, stick a fork in your foot a week oh man do you have any uh, last parting words before we head out of here uh, just, you know, hey, we made it to week seven. It's been, an, you know, it's been an interesting year, but it's been fun. Uh, still playing fantasy football this year, and I hope everyone's doing well. I hope they continue to do well. Uh, just co- keep joining us. Rate, review, subscribe, like Chad said, and, you know, find us in them streets. Do it, man. Uh, make sure you're following Rich over on Twitter, at Lord Reeves, and I am at Chad underscore Scott 13. Thank you for listening. Good luck in week seven. We'll see you next week. Later. Thank you.